Hey church family, welcome back to another Leroy UMC podcast. We're continuing our series titled The Redemption of Scrooge. The memory of our past and Christmas's past challenges our false ideas about what our story is supposed to be by reminding us instead of what our story should be. This is what the ghost of Christmas past does for Scrooge. Reminds him of what actually happened and who he really should be, and what the angel Gabriel does for Mary, tells her of what God has already done and who she really is. She's favored. Let's send it over to Pastor Matthias. Well, friends, this morning we are continuing with our Christmas worship series of the Redemption of Scrooge. As we mentioned last Sunday, the main idea for this series is that we are kind of following, taking a look at the different parts of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Uh, It's a story I imagine many know. We are taking a look at each section of that book, The Ghost of Christmas Past, Present, and Future, and Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, and taking a look each week at that story in light of a major part of the Christmas story, lining it up with our biblical Christmas story and seeing what we can find. Uh, Hopefully you might also be following along watching all of the different versions of A Christmas Carol, uh, all the different movies. At least that's what we're doing in our household each week. Uh, And then you got to vote, see which is the best. But last week, we took a look at the opening to the book, Ebenezer Scrooge, and we took a look at the opening to the Christmas story in the Bible, Isaiah 9. And this week, uh, we are looking at the first ghost, the ghost of Christmas past, and comparing that with the Annunciation, one of the, I guess, one of the most iconic parts of the Christmas story. So friends, our reading this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Christ, you are the Word made flesh and come to dwell among us. So may you dwell among us in this moment. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Nothing shapes our present more than our past, especially at Christmas. In fact, if you think about it, almost everything about Christmas is in some way or another shaped by the past. Christmas is when we do our best to bake cookies or pies or to create that special meal exactly the way mom or grandma or great-grandma did. Christmas is when we make sure that we carefully follow traditions and rituals to make sure we do things just the way we always have. We watch the same Christmas movies that we've watched since we were children. We listen to the same Christmas songs that we've heard for decades. We play the same games. We go to certain houses. We might even sit at the exact same spot around the Christmas dinner table where we have always sat. And we do all of this to try and recreate the same joy and the same sense of wonder that we used to have. This time of year, people everywhere are doing all sorts of things to try and relive that perfect memory of Christmases gone by. And even if Christmas is a difficult time for us, even if we don't have joyful Christmas memories that we want to relive, sometimes that difficult Christmas past still shapes our Christmas present as we might do our best to avoid repeating the past. We might search for new holiday traditions that might be more fun or more relaxing. We look for new places to celebrate that are better than the former ones. We look for new faces to celebrate with. We might travel, we experiment, and we let our memory of Christmas we don't want again shape our Christmas today that might just be a bit better. Whether our memories of Christmas past are marked by joy and by wonder or by sadness and difficulty, either way, nothing shapes our present more than our past, especially at Christmas. The only catch is we don't always remember our past as it really was, do we? Maybe it's the drama, the stress, the family tension in the background that we glossed over in order to create a perfect memory of what Christmas was like when we were a child. Or maybe it's the fights and the hurts that we dwell on to the point that we slowly start to forget about all the fun and joyful moments that we did have. Either way, we seldom remember our past as it really happened, and yet nothing shapes our present more than our past, especially at Christmas. That was the problem Scrooge faced when the ghost of Christmas past came to visit him. In Charles Dickens' famous Christmas ghost story, Ebenezer Scrooge, maybe one of the first great anti-heroes in history, Scrooge is visited by three ghosts of his past, present, and future. 
The ghost of Christmas past comes first, waking Scrooge up in the middle of the night with a bright flash of light and offering Scrooge a gift that some of us would do anything to have, a chance to go back. The ghost takes Scrooge back into his past where the two of them watch as all the joys and all the struggles of Scrooge's Christmas past play out in front of them. The ghost takes Scrooge back to his hometown where he sees old classmates he used to have fun with appear, and he's so excited he tries calling out to them. He's shown the school where he had to spend most of his childhood Christmases alone, neglected by his family. He's taken to his first job site where his very first boss, Mr. Fezziwig, spared no expense in throwing the most elaborate, incredible Christmas parties. And most importantly, Scrooge even gets a chance to see himself and to see the joyful, excited, strong, hopeful young man that he used to be. But through all of it, through every memory that the ghost of Christmas past conjures up for Scrooge, we, the reader, slowly but surely start to become painfully aware of the fact that over the years, Scrooge had forgotten almost everything about his Christmas past except for the tragedies. Scrooge had forgotten the hometown that he loved, the friends that he cared for, his larger-than-life mentor, Mr. Fezziwig. He'd even forgotten how happy he used to be. But in the story, the one memory that Scrooge had not forgotten and doesn't need the ghost to remind him of is the final memory of a loved one that he had lost. Scrooge, we come to find, is a bitter man because he has spent a lifetime dwelling on all that had gone wrong in his past, to the point that he could no longer see anything that had gone right. To put it in Henry Nouwen's words, Scrooge had been living in the resentment, which makes us cling to our failures and our disappointments instead of in the gratitude which embraces all of life, the good and the bad, the joyful and the painful, is a gift to be received. Scrooge couldn't remember his past as it really was, the hurts and the joys, and that is a problem because it means that Scrooge couldn't see all the ways that God had already been at work in his life just like Mary. Now, I'll admit, I am not entirely comfortable comparing Ebenezer Scrooge with the Virgin Mary, but there is one thing that those two very different characters have in common. The Annunciation, the story of when Gabriel comes to tell Mary that she is about to have a miraculous baby, that may be the most read, most depicted, and most beloved part of the Christmas story. 
However, while most people every year get caught up in all the details around the Immaculate Conception or the, the prophecy about who Jesus is going to be, what most people tend to miss is what most people also tend to miss about last week's passage, namely that Gabriel shares this miraculous news with Mary in the past tense. Verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, Gabriel says, for you have found favor with God. Have found, as in it's already happened. In the text, the scripture even emphasizes that point. The word that scripture uses for found is written in what's called the aorist past tense. And don't worry, that won't be on the final exam. But it's important to know because it's a tense, it's a way of writing that's meant to give a very clear sense that something is finished. Mary has already found favor with God. It is a fact, not a possibility. It's done, it's decided, it's over, it's past tense. And don't rush past that detail, but stop and think about what all that means. It means that God's grace has been given to Mary before she ever said yes to having Jesus. It means that Mary was special and mattered to God long before she ever did anything to deserve it. And above all, it means that God had already been at work in Mary's past, long before Mary ever knew it. Gabriel doesn't come to tell Mary about something special that God is going to do later or is doing now. That's not necessarily what the Annunciation is all about. But Gabriel comes to draw Mary's attention to something incredible that has already happened in her past that was preparing her for this present. But in the story, Mary doesn't get it. Mary doesn't understand. I mean, does anybody catch in the story the fact that Gabriel actually calls Mary favored in his very first words? Gabriel shows up and he says, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But Mary was much perplexed by his words. Gabriel tells Mary that she is already special, that she has already been given great purpose, is already a favored servant, but Mary doesn't see that in her past. Mary is a poor, illiterate, ordinary, plain person from the middle of nowhere. Mary's past is boring and ordinary, and so Mary expects her present to be simple and unextraordinary, and that is what Gabriel has come to change. Gabriel has come to help Mary see her past as it really is to open her eyes to all the little and not-so-little ways that God had already been blessing her, calling her, molding her, and already had been at work in her past 
shaping the miraculous present that was about to come. Mary needs to see all the incredible ways that God had already been at work in her past in order for her to embrace the miraculous new thing that God has been preparing her for in this present. That's what's really going on in the Annunciation. Mary's problem when she enters the Christmas story in Luke 1 is that she can't see the incredible ways God had already been there for her all along, walking beside her in her past, just as Scrooge had forgotten all the wonderful moments that Christmas had already given him. And so Gabriel, the Christmas angel, comes to show Mary all the things in her past that prove she's already favored in order to help her live into the miracle coming today. Just as the ghost of Christmas past comes to show Scrooge all the things that prove he is already capable of being a joyful new man in order to help him embrace all the new possibilities of today's Christmas. In their own ways, Mary and Scrooge both remind us that not only does our past shape our present at Christmas, but that our God has already been at work in our past preparing us for this present. Sometimes all we need to do is turn around and look. We rarely remember our past as it really was, but can you see all the little ways God has already been at work in your life? Can you see all the little signs that remind you that you are already favored? Can you see the new man, the new woman, the new present? that God has been slowly but surely preparing you for. Christmas is a time to remember our past as it was, the good and the bad, not so we can remember how Christmas's past were better than this one or so we can do our best to avoid it, but so we can see all the ways that God has already been at work in our lives and has already called us favored ones. Because however beautiful or tragic your past may be, God was walking beside you in it all along, long before you ever saw it. And because whatever your past may look like, God can use any past to shape a miraculous present in any story. So whether we are busy keeping family traditions and following old recipes this year as we try our best to bring back the joy of Christmas has gone by, or whether we're busy trying to change things to avoid the Christmases past that we don't want to repeat, nothing shapes our present more than our past, especially at Christmas. But the question that Mary and Scrooge put to each one of us is, will we be able to see the work that our God has already been doing in our past, in the good and the bad, 
because the good news that Gabriel brings to each and every one of us this year is that we have already found more than enough favor in God's eyes to have a truly miraculous present. And thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please pray with me. God of our past, we praise you that there is no part of our story that you have not been a part of. Lord, there is no joy that we have felt that you did not feel with us. There is no loss that we have grieved that you did not grieve with us. There is no yesterday that we have lived that you were not at work in, in some way. God of our past, we thank you that whether we see it or not, you have already called us your own. And God of our present, we ask you that whether we always hear it or not, you never stop telling us the good news of the new tomorrow you have prepared for us. God, help us to see you in our past and our present that we might live as your favored ones in this season of grace and every day to come. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you are blessed and that you are a blessing. Go in peace.